0: So, if you uh, came in, if you didn't receive a stone, uh, everybody have one? If you don't have one, they're not for throwing, especially at the pastor, okay? Uh, We are going to use these later, uh, so make sure you have one. If you don't have one, there's some outside, you can pick one up. So, these are amazing things. Uh, I, I want to talk to you a little bit about the condition of the heart. We have been talking about that for the last two or three weeks, about uh, the church in America, the church around the world. The first world, uh, especially, has a condition, a heart condition, that, that it has separated us from God. We have the facts, but we don't have the passion of what the early church had, and, I want to talk to you a little bit about that today, about the power of the heart. The heart is an amazing organ that that when we talk about the heart, it's more than just that organ that pumps the blood and and gives nutrients throughout the body. We talk about our commitment, our zeal, our joy, our, our, our grit, everything about us, the, the heart. When the Bible talks about the heart, it's really talking about the inner man, the inner person. You know that one that, that you know, but nobody else has ever really truly seen? We look on the outside. We judge on the outside. We, we look and we say, oh, that's, that's uh, my family. But the person on the inside, you, you, When the Bible talks about the heart of man or the heart of a person, what it's really referencing is your inner being, your ego, your your identity, who you really are on the inside. Do you know God is far more concerned with who you are on the inside than who you are on the outside? God has set this church, and I'm so excited about what I'm getting ready to speak on because God is getting ready to take us on a journey. In Mark 16:4, 16, 16 and 17, it says this, The rocky soil, others like the seed sown on rocky places, hear the word of God and at once they receive it with joy. I mean, anybody that receives the gospel, if you truly receive it, you're gonna receive it with joy. He said, But since they have no root. Root, so there's a and one of our neighbors out out in behind the church. I was walking by the other day and started chatting with him and, and I noticed he's been working in his yard and I came back out and he was working in it again. And I said, David, what are you doing? And he said, Well, I had this tree here and I'm wanting to put some more things in, but before I, can, before I can get anything new in, I've got to get rid of these old roots because that tree had such strong roots. It's the opposite of what Jesus is saying here. He said, since they have no root, that, that grounding, when trouble or persecution comes, because of the word they quickly fall away isn't that interesting that they they have no root they have nothing to ground them and the reason why they have nothing to ground them is because the soil in which that has tried to take root has too many obstacles in it I want to talk to you about how to remove those today I believe that God is taking First Alliance Church on an amazing journey. I love journeys. I I love road trips. All you have to do is just uh, say road trip, and I'm in the car. I'm ready to go. Uh, I was watching on, of all places, YouTube. I know. That's where the nerds go to watch stuff, right? I'm not the only nerd in here. But I was watching this guy, and he was taking a road trip, and he was going across America, but he was going through... Appalachia uh, the the western side of West Virginia and that area and he was just stopping in every little town and just talking with people and meeting new people and just asking them questions and just letting them talk and I thought that's the job for me I get to meet new people every single day, I get to hear their story, I mean, it's, it's incredible. I would encourage you to go look at it online. It is a true way to really capture the heart of America. It, it's, it's amazing, and I believe that God has us on a journey And and this journey that that God has this church on is not one that we can take in a car, and it's not one that we can take anywhere else other than it's a journey of the heart. I believe that God wants to reconnect us with passion. That passion that, that we had when we first connected with the Lord, when we received the gospel, and we received it with joy. See, I'm more concerned with the heart of the church than I am the heart of the world. And here's, here's the thing is, I, I don't, I, I look around us and I believe God has positioned us perfectly for this day and time. And you say, how, how so? I, yeah, I, I'm the same as you. You look around and, and, and I, I'm seeing well-known evangelistic pastors that are caving in to culture and are giving in to various things and you say, does that bother you? Yes, but it doesn't bother me in the way it may others. See, I look that as the world moves and gets darker and becomes closer and connected to sin, I believe it gives us an opportunity to shine bright. But that brightness will come through pure hearts. Because after Jesus talks about this, the, the, uh, the wayside and the stony ground, and next week, Lord willing, we'll get to the, the ground with, with all of the thorns and wheat, and then, and then he talks about the fertile heart. Right after that, he says this. A city set on a hill can't be hid and no one lights a candle and then puts it under a bushel his his focus is simply this when your heart is on fire for him it shines in darkness if i held out a candle right now in this room with this light it would illuminate to a certain extent But should this room turn completely dark, it would shine brilliantly. We have this great opportunity, see, uh, to shine bright. Our, Our future, your future, my future, is a bright future, but it will always be determined. Our future will always be determined by our heart. Matthew 15 18 says this but the things that proceed out of the mouth come from the heart and it's those things that defile a man Jesus said that when we when we say whatever we say and, 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 and we say something that is a negative or we say something that is against somebody else or we, or we Or we're in despair. It's coming from our heart, from the abundance of the heart we speak. And God is interested in taking our hearts and transforming them into something that He can use, something that is beautiful. It is in the heart, it's the inner person that Christ is really concerned with. We look on the outside, God looks on the inner person. We can fool people. We can fool people. You can walk up to somebody and say, how you doing? They can say, man, I'm doing great. And on the inside, they may be in turmoil. I was talking to a gentleman once and I was in a counseling session with him and I was just said, hey, how was your week? And he said, oh, it was good. I went to work. I did this. I thought about committing suicide. I did that. And I said, hey, look, look, hey, oh, let's stop a little bit. Let's go back a little bit. And he said, what about work? And I said, no. Let's talk about that little phrase you put right in the middle. And began to speak to that need that came from the abundance of his heart. See, we can fool others and sometimes we can even fool ourselves, but if we're honest and transparent with our heart, with our inner man, with our inner being, we know where we are. And the, and the very first thing that we need to understand as people is we can't fool God. If you've ever been frustrated with God if you have ever been angry with somebody else and you try to to fake God out you ever try to do that am I the only one that's ever tried to fake God out and say God I'm in just a a great mood and I love everybody and he's looking at me like come on I know what's in your heart it's easier just to say Lord you know my neighbor over there I'm supposed to love I can't stand him but I want to love them. God wants honesty from us. I believe for generations, the church has focused more on the mind than they have on the heart. See, because the mind tells us what to do, but the heart tells us why. God's more interested in why we're doing things than, than what we're doing. God always honors why. He always honors the heart. Remember the, the story of the widow with the two mites and she put hers in and then, and then the wealthy were coming up and just putting all of their in and, and Jesus said, wow, look how much she gave. And the disciples looked on the outside but Christ was looking on the inside because he knew what they were doing but she, he knew why she did it she did it out of a passion and a love and a zeal for her God see it's it's about the why it's amazing that the Pharisees were, were very intellectual they knew they knew the law in fact they were so smart Are you ready for this? They were so smart that they actually made more laws that were actually better than the laws God gave them. Isn't that incredible? And yet, they knew the law. They knew what to do. But when Christ, the Messiah, was standing in front of them, they had no clue who he was. Because they were so focused on what That they didn't know why They had no heart No passion No love No zeal It's amazing when, when, when something is new I've I talked to people throughout my life And i I talked to them about journeys that they have taken Inevitably some of the most amazing journeys That they've ever had in their life Some of the most amazing journeys that I've had in my life were the ones that were taken on a whim. And you were going, and you knew your destination, but you didn't know all of the things in between. You didn't have it planned out. You didn't have it lined out. You were just going, and and you knew that it was going to take you $12 in gas to get there, and you had $11.50 in your pocket. It was those those times that, that had faith, that had heart, that you were just living on the edge. And it was so exciting. It was, it was like you didn't have it all figured out and you didn't have it all lined out. And it was okay because your heart was so dedicated to what you were doing. That's why I I love new churches because new churches are kind of that way. It's like, hey, let's go. Let's do this. And and it's incredible. And and they don't understand everything that they need to do. But they thrive because they they know the why in the heart. And they haven't allowed the what to replace it. You see true heart why always precedes the what if you have if you know what to do but you have forgotten why you're doing it it won't really matter i have watched sport sports teams over the years and i've watched teams that were hungry that that were trying to figure it out, young players, that, that they would go and they would strive, and they were against players that were actually better than them, but they somehow seemed to win because they had a drive and a passion within them, and, and, it, just, and it just spiraled them to victory. And then they won, and then they won again, and then somewhere in there, they get knocked off the pedestal not because another team is actually better than them but because they have lost their passion and this other team has found theirs see it's it's about drive it's about passion it's about commitment and church is no different we have the what we have the bible studies we have the life groups we have the fellowships we have the programs we have everything we need but we need the why because it's the passion it's the pursuit of god it's the pursuit Of holiness, that we have a desire to be holy. That we don't, we're not concerned about how close we can get to the line to to look like the world or to act like the world, but our heart, our passion is: I want to be like Jesus. And when we want to be like him, we don't have to try to figure out what's right and what's wrong we just lay things aside because I just want to be like him I want to follow him I believe God is calling his church not just us but his church worldwide he wants to lead us into a return to the why of salvation to the why to the passion you know the Bible is replete with lives and hearts that were stony. I know King Saul. When King Saul was first was first uh, told he was going to be king, God told Samuel, He said, Saul, I've chosen him. He was a f- head and shoulders taller than anybody else. He came from a valiant family. He was chosen by God and he was humble he was passionate about fulfilling what God had called him to do but somewhere along the line King Saul lost his zeal he knew the why but he forgot the why and the passion and he began to do things that were not his responsibility and God said I have somebody else and it's so amazing to me that, that King Saul was called by God, and yet when God called David, King Saul started fighting against God because he did not want David. He wanted his son, even though he was willing to say, man, God called me, but he wasn't willing to say, God called David. And yet, in his heart, he knew and yet the stones that were in his heart kept him from following what God wanted and he ended up fighting against God Absalom was King David's third son his half-brother Amnon uh, took took Absalom's sister. if you've read the story, he raped her and then cast her out. And for two years, Absalom waited and allowed bitterness and hatred to form in his heart and after two years he murdered his brother for what he did to his sister and because his heart wasn't corrected later on he thought well I've done this and I'm still okay with my father the king he began to look at his father with that same animosity that he did with his brother and would sit at the gate and say, if I was king, I would do this. And you say, well, what was going on in his heart? He allowed stones. Stones of self-interest to override what God was wanting to do you know we can find ourselves in those same situations if we allow the things that we keep in our hearts right there to weigh us down remember Ananias and Sapphira here's the the New Testament church it's growing it's it's just rocking you know they have the old testament but they have no new testament there's not there's not even any letters written yet they are just passionate about following this 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 Messiah, that Christ that that died and rose again and now the Holy Spirit has fallen and these people are so passionate that they begin to give the things that they have and and, and that they're helping one another and they're serving one another and they're blessing one another and they're praying together and they're bringing their family and their friends into this brand new community that is full of passion and heart and love. Here's Ananias and Sapphira that says, the scripture says that they had a a plot of land that they decided to sell. And they said, well, I know what we'll do. We're going to sell it, but we're going to keep part of it for ourselves. And what we're going to do with that, we're going to tell the apostles, we've given it all. Isn't that amazing? That they wanted, they allowed self-image to creep in there would not have been anything wrong with selling their partial their piece of land and keeping part back they could have said Peter we sold this land and I am giving you half they would have been blessed they didn't even have to sell their land but it was because they wanted to look like something that they were not that it cost them their lives God is calling us to extreme honesty God is calling us to to not allow the stones of hypocrisy to remain in our hearts and to keep us from seeing the beauty of life in the body of Christ the body of Christ the, the church is built upon transparency and honesty and devotion to God and one another it's preferring your neighbor over yourself it's loving in spite of what some else is doing it's caring it's consideration it's when you see a brother or sister in need if you can help you do and if you see them going astray you go to them in love and say my friend i want you to stay close to god it's the church god's calling his church in this day and time, when darkness seems to be prevailing on all sides, the church that's going to be bright, the church that's going to be vigilant, the church that's going to be full of power and passion, that's going to shine the brightest, it's the one that's going to be transparent, that, that those that said, I want to have a pure heart. God's calling us. He's calling you, he's calling me to a pure heart. First Peter 3, 4 says this, let it be the hidden person of the heart. The hidden person, the inner person, the one that you know that nobody else does. Let it be the hidden person of the heart. With the imperishable, don't you love that? Imperishable? You know what that imperishable means? I know you do, you're so smart. It means it will never fade out. It's like those double knit pantsuits from the nineteen seventies. They're still around. You can't burn them. You they they never wear out. He said Let it be the hidden person of the heart. Not the outward person, but the inner person with the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit. That's precious in the sight of God. What is he saying? He's saying, be real and allow the love of God to prevail in you. Luke, Jesus says the good man out of the good things that are, is stored up in his heart gives good things. For out of the overflow of our hearts, that's how we speak. I'm going to ask our praise team to come back. We're getting ready to use these stones here in a minute. Jesus said this in Matthew 11:29 He said take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart in the inner man He said I want you to learn from me for I am gentle and humble on the inner man and you will find rest for your souls Don't you get tired of the frustrations of life? Struggle with self. It's only found in Christ. James said it this way. He said, who is wise in understanding among you? He's saying the wise and the understanding, those that have knowledge and know how to use it, let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. What's he saying? Because basically, if you look at bitter envy, which is jealousy or selfish ambition, pretty much everything in our life, any, heart, any stones that we have in our heart, could probably fall into one of those two categories. And he's saying, if you have those stones in your heart, don't brag about it, but recognize them. Know that they're there. He's talking about being wise. Do not boast about or deny the truth, but... Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but it's earthly, it's unspiritual, it's of the devil. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. I believe that each and every one of us, at some point in our lives, have had issues of heart and we have allowed jealousy or bitterness or something in our lives that has cost us the peace, the rest that comes from following Jesus in humility in the inner man. James goes on to say, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all, Pure. Pure means without ulterior motives. It's just pure. Then peace loving. Considerate. Submissive. Full of mercy and good fruit. Impartial and sincere. Then he goes on to say, peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. We're talking about our hearts. I'll give you a chance. If you don't have one of these stones, there's some baskets right outside. I've had an opportunity to think about stones that may have been my heart throughout the week. So maybe I have an advantage on you. But perhaps, just perhaps, that the Holy Spirit has spoken to you this morning. Whether you're new, or you've been here your entire life. Whether you've been following Christ for a year or 50 years. It's irrelevant. But one thing I do know is, All of us have to guard against stones that get in our heart. Stones of envy and hate and jealousy and self-willed and and arrogance and, and all of those things which the scripture says are not of God. And yet, they arise, don't they? And here's the glorious thing. You say, how do I get rid of those, Pastor? Jesus said it, come and learn of me. Don't allow the stones that can get in your heart to interfere with the growth of the Spirit in our lives. I would like to give you an opportunity, whatever the Lord is speaking to you about. When they, when the band begins to, to sing here in a moment, the only way I know to do, get rid of these is to lay them at the foot of the cross. You say, but I'm struggling with mine. It's okay. Be honest with the Lord and say, Lord, I see this stone in my heart and I don't want it there and I have, I'm, keep, I'm fighting to get it out. I'm trying to dig it out. I'm trying to move it. But I am laying it at the foot of the cross and I am going to learn from you for you are meek and lowly for you're the one that said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. See, it's about our hearts. Not about anybody else's. It's about ours. It's not about what other people have said. It's not about what other people have done. It's not about what everybody else in the world is saying or doing. It's between you and God. It's the inner man. It's the heart. It's the one that nobody knows but you and God. And it's that thing that's lodged in there. You say, God, here it is. Here it is. And if you need to go make reconciliation with somebody, you do it. If you need to ask for forgiveness, you do it. And if you need to, to make reconciliation, you do it. Whatever you need to do, my friends, I promise you this that God is calling a people of pure heart. He is calling people that will lay down the things of this life and have a passion and a desire to seek the things of God out of, a, out of a heart that wants to love Him and wants to serve Him that doesn't want to see how much it can get by with. It's not so focused on the what that we do but the why that we do it. And it's the stones in our lives that keep the why from growing. Here we are. I don't want you to write on it, put your name on it. Although in my mind, I already know what's on mine. And I'm asking the Lord to help me as I lay it at the foot of the cross. What's the Lord talking to you about? would you pray? Uh, Would you play? You can pray as you play. I'll give you an opportunity that if there's something that's in your heart, to lay it down. If you feel like you want to stay up here and pray, this altar is open.